0: Wake Up Tomorrow is one of the most raved about shows in this year's Fringe Festival. This is not only because it is an excellent production by groundbreaking director Isabel McKinnon, but also because the show takes on a very rare concept in New Zealand. Through a group called Everybody Cool Lives Here, it pairs the talents of artists from Active, a vocational support base for young people with intellectual disabilities, with a team of top emerging theatre makers. Today we talk with the designer and co-producer for Wake Up Tomorrow and one of the founders of Everybody Cool Lives Here, Rose Kirkup. Rose, welcome to B-Side Stories on Access Radio. Hi, thank you for having me. Everybody Cool Lives Here. What is the purpose of this organisation?
1: Well, we're a relatively new uh, trust and company. Um, It just started with my partner and um, myself, my partner Nick Lane. And um, I guess with Everybody Cool, our main kind of thing is that we really want to um, share New Zealand stories and um, have a real sense of home, but also a real sense of playfulness and... um, be able to have that really great mix of making people laugh but also making people think. But in a way that's not, um, you know, purely drama or purely comedy, you know. Mm. Um, And so... We started making smaller works, but at the time I also started to work with Active as a support worker and um, just kind of naturally began to realise that those were the people that I wanted to make work oh, with. Oh, so that wasn't the initial concept in a way. Oh, we, yeah, we just kind of made everybody cool because we were, um, we wanted to make our own stuff, you know, we wanted right. to make our own theatre. Right, yeah. And, um... Yeah, I just got introduced to this group of young people about three years ago when I was trying to sustain myself as an artist, you know, <laughs> going in the summer and working at the, um, working at the base with the guys and then going back and kind of doing theatre in the winter. Right. And um, I guess the youth Active was so generous with me in terms of um, just, like, you know, just being so full of life and really sometimes I would have a really hard day and I would go to work and the guys would just after a day with the guys I'd be so uplifted and feel so good and you know they would be naturally just performing throughout the day and you know we'd have these little bits together and these little jokes together and I thought oh well you know after all the generosity that they'd shown to me through the first two years of me working there I really had no choice but to return the generosity to them through connecting them with my community. Nice. So that's kind of how it happened and I said to Nick well I think we should really step to produce this under the company and um Yeah, and so that's kind of how the first idea of doing the show started, by really just the generosity of the youth. So this is quite a new concept for New Zealand? Well, New Zealand doesn't have a premium integrated theatre company. Right. Um, We've got, there's a lot of different um, smaller companies doing like kind of community-based theatre where... um, you know, they're working with different community groups. And we yep. have a we have a premium integrated dance company called Touch Compass. Right. Who are based in Auckland. And I worked with them straight out of uni. So it's kind of mm. comes full circle of me working with Touch Compass when I left, came out of uni and then coming to do this work now five years later. Fantastic. So they were really inspiring to me and seeing the work that they did up in Auckland um, yeah, it was super super inspiring. So, yeah, I guess like I really feel like there's a call in theatre to be making this kind of work, especially with, um, especially with youth with an intellectual disability, because they come from a really different. Um, a really different system. Yes, um, that hasn't really been seen before in New Zealand. Mm. So they really, they really have a voice. They really have, um, you know, dreams and goals and aspirations. And um, I really feel like not only some of them want to become actors, and I hope that we can foster that inside of Fantastic. them, but also. Um, in terms of making a show, you get a lot of other different skills. So like, you know, um, being confident and public speaking and, you know, um, feeling that confidence in turn, like growing somebody like to be a leader and even just giving them that little, a lot of the youth, a little bit of time on stage to really feel what it's like to live the thing that they want to live and be. Mm. Um, And I feel like that holds a lot of value in terms of them going forward as adults in their life. Absolutely. And it's almost unleashing that potential, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. totally. And um, you know, we've like we've already started to see that, especially over the last five weeks. Great. <laughs> and we made um, this is the second time we've done um, a version of this show. Okay, so was the last one for Fringe as well? The last one was actually a part of um, Shirley Kahui's Masters at um, oh, Toivakari. Right. And, Victoria University. Wow. So yeah, I kind of I was a little in two minds about whether or not to go and do my masters, and then it's just too much time, you know, too much time to get something off. And so um, I had done a little bit of work with Shirley and so kind of approached her and said, you know, what are you doing for your community piece? There's three stages to the end of your master's. And um, so I proposed that um, she should work with Active and create the first um, kind of, I guess... Yeah, the first vision of Wake Up Tomorrow.
0: Iteration. So what was the name of that piece? That first piece
1: was also called Wake Up Tomorrow. Okay, Um, cool. And it was really (laughs) cool because it kind of like... for a lot of the guys, there was only two members of the cast. So there was, I think, there was sixteen in the original cast. Yep. There's now nineteen in the original in the next cast. The one that's showing for the fringe at the moment. Yeah. There's nineteen now, so we've we've grown. And um, I guess in the original one, it was laying those foundations of actually what a production is, because only two out of our cast uh, from Active had ever been in a show before. So it was actually um, getting the youth to understand the concept of what actually a theatrical production is. As well. Yeah, <laughs> so this year when we um, made the new Wake Up Tomorrow, um, we were really lucky to have that base that Shirley had helped u- help us right. grow. Yep. And um, so the guys really knew what they wanted this time and what they wanted to develop. And what they were in for. Yeah, yeah. so the story is real is like really different, a lot different from last year. We've done a lot of um, new devising on this show because the guys were really clear, like, oh, I don't want to play this character, I want to play a character like this, <laughs> or I want to play a character that can show off, or I want my character not to be a good character, Character anymore, I want him to be an evil character. And it's really funny because a lot of the the guys um, at Active had really, you know, they'd been thinking about it for a year. <laughs> so when we said, What do you kind of want to do in the show? it was like, You would think they would be like, oh, maybe I don't want to play this one. But it was like, I want to play a spy and I want him to look like this and I want him to have this car and I want this thing. And it was like, okay, so you've really thought about this. (laughs) But then there's other people who are playing um, one of our... Young People, Nick, he's playing the same two, two of the same characters that he played last year. Right. But um, he's really developed his performance, and we've really developed um, those characters as kind of people. Right. So um, they get a lot more airtime, I guess you would say. Yeah. And... Yeah, so it's a really cool mixture of, like, some older ideas and some um, new, fresh ideas and kind of, you know, even just doing the first show, their confidence building and then being able to say, no, I really want to do this thing. Yeah. Great. Yes, so it's
0: really cool so what's the storyline of Wake Up Tomorrow and where does the plane come from it's pretty
1: loose <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess last time we had um, the way we kind of devised was we devised from all ideas around what the name could be so we asked the youth to put um, names in a bag and um, then we devised the scenes out of those names and then as we kind of went on we realised that we needed a bit of a framework for right. the story to sit within and um in one of the scripting meetings, um, uh, some of the team kind of came up with the idea of it being in this plane and that in actual fact it was this kind of idea of a long haul flight where, um, you get drifted off into these kind of strange, weird, surreal dreams, I guess. Right, as you do. Yeah, Yeah. and I guess the, um, Wake Up Tomorrow version two is, um, similar where we start on the plane journey and we go through the long-haul flight, but there's a um, new storyline that's running through the um, plane, which is a spy (laughs) storyline, which is quite um, predominant. (laughs) So it's kind of this story of this girl who's on a plane... um, we're following her journey as she tries to find a spy that was sitting in front of her in the seat and the, the mission, his mission, has been delivered to her. Right. So she's kind of running through these different <laughs> worlds that are kind of defined by uh, coach and first class, and then we kind of know that something bad is going to happen, and then, uh, yeah, it just kind of turns into chaos. Right. But, so this, there is a story there, but it's a very loose story, but it's still awesome, you know? So are there
0: variations every night? Like, yes, there it, are definitely right, variations so every night. Right, so it's a set script in this case. Well,
1: it, yeah, it is a set script, but it's... Um, I mean that's the beauty of working with these young people is that it always changes and that's um, for me that's really exciting because Mm. with a lot of other theatre it's very like you do your lines, these are the scripts, you have to hit your marks because if you don't hit your marks it affects this and it affects this thing but as a kind of creative team we've known that there will be points when the marks aren't hit exactly how we envisage them but that's okay because it will add a whole another element of excitement that we couldn't normally do. Um, So... Yeah, we finish at the Olympic Games in the show and (laughs) on Sunday the Olympic Games got a little out of control but the audience were really enjoying it. So, you know, that's all that matters.
0: But I think it's pretty radical for Circa Theatre to step up and be the venue for the show as well. How did that come about?
1: Well, after we had the first version go up and we had such a good response, so we just did four nights and 80 a night, we sold out the the four nights and so that was really awesome. And, you know, after I saw the show and really saw the passion within the guys, um, we knew that we had to put it on again and so it was really a question of what was the right home for this work. Right, yeah. Um, And I guess... Like with somewhere like Bats, it's that's a three-show-a-night kind of venue and we really need a base to really um, ground our guys and focus them and for them mm. to feel like it's their home yes, and to feel like, um, really feel like they're a part of a community and that was the beauty of doing it at the drama school. We were able to do that. The first version was right. up at Toy So we had our dressing rooms there and, you know, they have a common room there and so, you know, we were really able to hold the guys within the building. So it was important for us to find a venue like that again. And I had worked at Circa before and seeing kind of that environment work in a really great way in terms of having the rehearsal room there. Yes. You have your kitchen there, you have your dressing rooms, you have your theatre. So like you know, Circa One is actually a really great space. It's an awesome space to design and I love designing in Circa One. Right. Yeah. And I really felt like Circa needed that energy. Circa needed that energy within that building. So last June I just went in and did the hard sale and just said, you know, you really need to have this show here um, because, you know, Surka have won a lot of awards for being um, an accessible theatre. They won an Access Award exactly. last year. Nice And um, So I was really, you know, saying you've done so many great steps to become um, an accessible theatre. Wouldn't it just be so great if you had an accessible theatre that was showing inclusive work. Yeah, so they rose to the challenge and came on board. So, yeah, thank you, Circa. It's been great. We've had um, four of our five weeks of rehearsals um, in their rehearsal room. The guys are really settled in that space and the people who have been working at Circle while we've been rehearsing there have been fantastic, Good. so we're very lucky to be there. What
0: would be the best outcome in your mind for Wake Up Tomorrow?
1: It's really uh, what would be the best outcome for Everybody Cool Lives Here Trust and The Youth. You know, what I would really like is for us to have a group of uh, youth who are really committed to becoming um, artists and becoming actors and having a show that we can hopefully tour through New Zealand oh, and wow. to other fringe festivals. You yeah. know, I think that's something that um, we see and it's something that a lot of the youth have really vocalised to us. But also to have um, a larger group, a larger group that we're doing a more community-based work that would be looking at maybe doing, like, a one-off event every year that may be a shorter time period instead of a seven-day week show. Um, And that kind of engages the greater Wellington kind of community in terms of youth with an intellectual disability. Right, that would be awesome. So working in kind of two facets, Mm. working in kind of having a professional company, but then also having a development kind of community company where we're also developing up-and-comers and other emerging artists. And then somewhere on top of that, you know, I really want to reach out to other youth um, with intellectual disabilities throughout Wellington and throughout New Zealand. Fantastic. So I know there's another youth group um, out in the hut called The Crew that I'd really like to work with over the next year and I know that there's a big contingent up in Hamilton um, so you know, developing more workshoppy kind of stuff that we do throughout the year that we're able to take some of our guys who have more experience mm. to those communities and get them to share the kind of experiences or the skills that they've been gaining through I guess uh, Isabel McKinnon our director summed it up pretty well through this kind of very quick five-week drama school that we've (laughs) been running (laughs) because it's really the first three weeks of rehearsals and they really concentrated a lot on performance and like performance skills so they, we only had a script two weeks before we opened, so they've done really, really well. Like, incredible, Im- yeah. Im- improv. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is your own background, Rose? Well, I'm from Upper Heart. Right. And I moved to Wellington 10 years ago right. now. So, yeah. yep, when I was 18. Um, well done. To, thanks. <laughs> um, to study... Um, at the Massey Design and then I um, ended up doing a Bachelor of Performance Design at Massey and Toi and so Fantastic. that's kind of how I got into theatre I guess by being up at the drama school.
0: It's not then a normal route for for someone with that background to want to take. What is it for you that, that makes working with everybody cool, lives here, something special that you want to progress with?
1: I don't really want to work with anybody else why is that um, because the youth are just so incredible they're just so dedicated to the work you know they show um, I've found it I mean I've worked I've worked with some really amazing people over the last five years and I'm very very lucky but I've also found it um, really hard at times to find people who have the same level of passion right for um telling stories and for being generous with other people and these guys have that same level of passion and so really I just want to work with them because they meet me you know yeah. they really meet me they want to come and meet me and um you know, they take it seriously. They really take what they do seriously. But, you know, it's also really, really fun at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, this this last four weeks have been, um, you know, they've been really challenging. Mm. But there hasn't been a time where I haven't been having fun, you know, like, and I feel tired but not in a way where I've kind of felt on other productions before I'm like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I could leave this and not come back to this for a long time. You know, I feel like after next, I'm kind of just holding it together at the moment because I know after next week I'm just going to be like, ah, oh, you know, like I have to wait. I don't know how long I have to wait again to do this, you know. <laughs> and I had that feeling last year, so that's why I was like, OK, I really got to get on to this so we can do this again.